Welcome to the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner, specializing in allergies and sensitivities, autoimmunity, infertility, sleep issues, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, and other chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 51 where I will talk about using the MAP method of advanced neural retraining to resolve relationship issues. We'll hear a few client stories, including Scott, who had a complex relationship with his sister-in-law, Shelley, who struggled with poor treatment from her mother-in-law, Hallie, who had frictions with her administrator at work, and Kate, who was caring for an elderly parent who was verbally abusive. For those that are new to the podcast, let me explain that the MAP method is a holistic mind-body practice that works directly with the subconscious mind. Sessions are done over Zoom video conference, and every client is initiated to the method by watching a short video and then receiving a few instructions at the beginning of the introductory session. The MAP instructions that the practitioner offers your subconscious mind during a session are in plain English, such as please find all the memories related to the subject for the session and neutralize them. Let me emphasize that we are not erasing memories. Rather, our goal is to neutralize the painful emotions associated with the experience. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease. Instead, we work with the person and the personality to optimize health. Now, let's talk about retraining the brain for relationship challenges. So I want to tell you a story about my practice that was kind of surprising to me. So some time ago, I I was interviewed on a podcast by a fellow nutritional therapy practitioner. Some of you who have heard my podcast know that I was originally trained as a nutritional therapy practitioner, working with people with chronic illness and trying to help them overcome chronic illness symptoms through nutrition, lifestyle changes, supplements, etc. And so In my journey, you know, as a neural retraining practitioner, I started to work with other nutritional therapy practitioners because there is something synergistic about the work that nutritional therapy practitioners or functional medicine practitioners do with their clients and the work that I do with working with the mind. Of course, working with the mind is also complementary to traditional medical care as well. But because I was already part of this group of nutritional therapy practitioners, I started to have clients from, from that group. 
And one of them was a practitioner that specialized in infertility. And after working with her for seven or eight sessions, we recorded a podcast episode together. She released it on her podcast, which is all about infertility, and I re-released it on my own podcast because it was, I thought, an important conversation that I wanted uh, my, my clients and my prospective clients to be able to hear. In that episode, so that's episode 35, you can find it in the, in the back episodes. In that episode, Kristen talked about a lot of the experiences she had as a client um, with neural retraining sessions. Like I said, we did about seven or eight sessions. And she talked about the results from a few sessions in particular. You know, she talked about hormonal balance, she talked about food sensitivities, but she talked about a particularly surprising session that we did together, which was all around the relationship she had with her brother. And, you know, it was one of those things where she came to the session, at every session we pick a topic, right? And so for her, she had, you know, her list of the things that she wanted to work on, you know, regarding her health and, you know, regarding other things as well, maybe mental patterns or behaviors, you know, that she wanted to change about herself. But on this particular day, she came in talking a lot about an upcoming visit from her brother. And this was a strained relationship. She hadn't seen him in some time. And she proceeded to talk about, well, everything about how she was feeling about this upcoming visit, their relationship in recent years, and their relationship as children. And I sat there listening to this and I thought, well, we have to work on this, right? This this is going to be our topic today because she couldn't stop talking about it. And she describes, you know, what she described in that podcast in a you know, after that session was that she woke up the next day. So we, we spent 90 minutes working on this topic. She woke up the next day and she said 20 years of resentment were gone. Just like that. And it was really surprising to her. And I think it was, it's a really good example of what the MAP method can achieve not that everyone wakes up the next day and, you know, has that kind of black and white reversal on how they feel about a particular relationship. But I have found that in one, two or three sessions, right, people can really alter their perspective on a particular relationship or interaction that has been causing them a lot of grief, right? A lot of suffering, a lot of pain. And so that is something I think that is really wonderful about the MAP method. So I wanted to spend an episode talking about this and, you know, maybe going through some of the cases that I have worked with. Like I said, this I, we recorded this episode. She released it on her podcast, which has far more listeners than my own. But then I started to be contacted by people who heard that podcast episode. It was mostly women, of course, because that podcast is about infertility. 
they wanted to work on relationships. In some cases, there were men that were contacting me. They had been referred by their significant others because, you know, there was a recognition like, oh, you know, you should, you should do this, right? This would, this would resolve something for you that has been causing a lot of suffering. And so I started to do a lot of sessions um, related to relationships. Now, these, these were very varied, right? I mean, we were dealing with relationships with fathers who were maybe demanding or perfectionistic. Um, sometimes we're, the topic was um, someone at work, a manager or, or a boss or committee or, you know, some kind of regulatory body that had a lot of power over us. We did sessions on friend groups, spouses, parents, kids, kids who had behavior problems, kids who had health problems, you know, kids with difficult mental health issues, coworkers, um, neighbors, right? All kinds of interpersonal relationships. You know, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you'll notice that it has been a common thread through several of these episodes so far. If you go back to episode 40, you will hear Helen talk about social anxiety and its contribution to chronic pain issues that she experienced. Kathy talks about this in episode 42. She talks about betrayals, an ex-husband, a boyfriend, others, and the role it had in her cancer. Derek, in episode 44, you know, I remember in particular we talked about injustices that he experienced at an old job. And when we did a session on those, it resolved some high blood pressure issues for him. And then even uh, Tenna, in episode 48, you know, she talks about compulsion or compulsiveness that she had um, to be in communication with her significant other and how that, that behavior, that compulsiveness eased after we worked on it in one or more, I don't remember now, one or more sessions. So this is something that is very much a thread through a lot of the work that I've done, whether the person is primarily coming to work with uh, relationship issues or whether it's kind of a tangential issue for someone who is really more interested in chronic health issues, which is mainly what I work with. So why is this important, right? I think it is so important because human relationships are a major source of stress. And if you've heard me talk about the stress response before, you've heard me say that when we are stuck in a sympathetic dominant state, which, is, which means that we are stuck in a stress response, that fight, flight, or freeze state of the autonomic nervous system, that is keeping us from healing, right? Because all restorative functions of the body 
occur when we are in the parasympathetic mode of the autonomic nervous system, which is otherwise known as rest, digest, and heal. So what I'm saying is that no restorative functions of the body, think digestion, nutrient uptake, uh, hormonal balance, fluid balance, neurotransmitter production, wound healing, healing of any kind, even deep sleep, right? These are inhibited by an ongoing stress response. And so when you find yourself preoccupied with a certain relationship issue, right? That is something we need to look at in the context of a MAP session, because I do believe that with advanced neural retraining techniques like the MAP method, we can overcome the effects of these situations and put you back on the road towards health. And if not, if health is not an issue for you yet, then put you back on the road towards inner peace, right? Having more peace in your life. You know, let's talk a little bit about how we do this, right? Because it may be surprising to some to think, you know, I have an issue with this person, but how are we going to fix it if only I'm in the session and they are not, and they have no interest in working on it? You know, um, this, yeah, this is, this is not about resolving the conflict between you and the other person. This is about getting you to see it differently, changing your perspective getting you to let certain things go, right? Those negative emotions you've been holding on to, the feelings of injustice or betrayal or anger, sadness or grief or responsibility or control, you know, all of that and more, right? That's what we have to get you to let go of. Because when those emotions are trapped or they're stuck in, inside of you, then they are contributing to that ongoing stress response. Because those emotions are informing your limbic brain, the danger-sensing part of the brain, that there is a threat, right? We are under threat. Every time you're you ruminate over the situation every time you worry about it, feel anxious about it, feel pressured about it. That is just contributing to an ongoing stress response. So no, we are not going to be able to resolve the conflict by mediating between you and the other party. That's not what this is about. This is about just working with you and your mindset. We neutralize the painful emotions around the memories of the interactions. We work on the beliefs that underlie the experience. And in doing so, there is a shift that happens. And you can start to feel differently about the whole situation. 
it becomes less important. It becomes less challenging. It becomes less preoccupying. And you can find that peace that you were looking for. So let's talk about a couple of different cases that I've worked with just to kind of show how this process can work. Now, please understand everyone and every situation is different. So these cases are really just illustrative, but every time I work with a client, I'm working with exactly what is coming up in your mind. You know, as the session progresses, your subconscious mind, remember we're working directly with the subconscious mind in these sessions. That is what the MAP method is for. Every time I'm giving instructions to your subconscious mind, it is starting to show you the connections behind the emotional response that you're having. Why? Because even though you think that your emotions are all about this person or this interaction or this situation, this event, what you will start to understand as you go through this process is that in reality, your emotional response around this situation is connected to other situations in the past going all the way back to your childhood that have made you feel similarly. In other words, the reason why this situation or this person is driving you so crazy today is because there's, it's, it's like the, it's ringing a bell that goes all the way back to your youth, possibly. Well, it goes back to other relationships or situations where you have felt similarly. And it's those unresolved emotions from the past that are exacerbating or amplifying the feelings that you're feeling in the moment. Does that make sense? And so by neutralizing those previous experiences and the beliefs, the mindsets, the behaviors, the coping strategies that you developed around those, your feelings about this situation in the present will change. That is what Kristen described in that very first episode that I recorded with her that, that kind of started the ball rolling. So let's talk about Scott. Okay, so Scott came to work with me because his wife referred him. He was having a very tough relationship with his sister-in-law, his wife's sister. Sister-in-law was someone who's kind of emotionally fragile, easily insulted, and maybe because of this, her parents took pains to protect her emotionally. And because of some interactions that he had had with his sister-in-law, with his parents-in-law, he was feeling like kind of an outcast in the family he had married into. And this was making things kind of rough at home in relating to his wife. So 
When we first met, he described a recent interaction, something small, kind of incidental, but it was really inspiring a lot of negative emotions in him, like frustration and anger and anxiety. Pretty strong. Like when I asked him to rate it from a zero to a 10, it was up there, you know, eight or nine. By the end of the first session, as we worked with those memories, he was feeling a knot of anxiety in his chest and his stomach start to dissipate, which I took as a good sign. But we weren't done. At the next session, he did report less mental activity around that whole, the whole topic, which also was a good sign. But there was a very strong memory of a conflict that he had with his sister-in-law. It kind of involved the whole family. And in this conflict, he felt blameless, yet he felt that his sister-in-law had not been held accountable for her part by the rest of the family. It was in this session that I started to pick up on a very strong belief that he held about being right and wrong, right? He had a very strong sense of a need to be morally correct, which he believed he was in this situation. What we needed here was a change of perspective, but there was some resistance, you know, that had to be worked through first around his clinging to a need to be right. So we finished that session with kind of a homework assignment of some exercises to do before his third session. The third session, we worked on letting go of resentments. We talked about the advantages of holding on to his anger, his resentments, you know, his blaming, and the disadvantages of holding on to those things, right? Because there are definitely advantages. Like you don't have to engage with that person, right? You can keep her at arm's length, like she's wrong, I'm right. Uh, you can feel morally superior. You can blame her and therefore not hold yourself responsible. You can excuse yourself from being proactive. You can continue to see yourself as the victim and her in the role of the villain, right? So there are advantages, but there are also disadvantages, obvious ones you end up living in a world of resentment and anger and conflict and stress, awkwardness, right? You don't have inner peace. It's making things, it was obviously making things difficult with his wife. And it was making things difficult for him every time he had to relate to his in-laws. So, there were a lot of disadvantages as well, but 
you know, it was, it's really up to him. And this is true, you know, in, in every session and every client that I work with in every situation, it is really up to the client to decide, do I really want to let go of this or not? Because my job as a facilitator is to offer the subconscious mind instructions, but your subconscious mind is under no obligation to implement those instructions. It will take them or leave them to the extent that it serves you. You know, I could see that if he was going to hold on to, if it was very, very important to him to hold on to this need to be morally correct, he might not be willing to let go of this. But we also uncovered in that session that there were underlying beliefs about his self-worth, right? His own self-worth. And I realized that his interactions with his sister-in-law were ringing a bell, right? That went back to his younger days. And that by being aware of that belief and being willing to change it, right? Being willing to replace a disempowering belief with a much more empowering belief about self-worth and where it comes from. What is it that gives us our self-worth? You know, is it something we earn or is it something intrinsic to us? By changing his beliefs about that, he could, we could soften his perspective on the whole situation. And that made all the difference in being able to work with that particular topic. So I want to take the opportunity here to just talk a little bit about forgiveness. Because forgiveness is part of the work. And often people are resistant to forgiveness as Scott was in this case, because, you know, he felt that if he forgave her, even in his own mind, that that was making her right in some way and him wrong. Or that he was letting her off the hook, right? And, and part of his beef was like no one was holding her accountable for the way she was being. So forgiveness in the way that we use it in the MAP method, it's not about right or wrong. It is about releasing pent-up negative emotions that are causing you pain and finding peace for yourself. It's about acceptance. It's about offering compassion. It's about forgiving yourself for your role in the conflict and forgiving the other parties. You know, not trying to measure who is responsible to what amount, but just releasing, just letting it go. So that's an important concept, I think, in a lot of the sessions I do around relationships. Now, I want to talk about another case. Let's call this client Shelly. 
all names have been changed, of course, in this episode, because I want to protect everyone's privacy. Shelley came to me as a result of hearing the same fertility podcast. She had issues with her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law had been treating her very poorly since her wedding, and that treatment had become even worse uh, since she had a baby, which was confusing and puzzling for her. Shelley felt rejected, and you know this this feeling of um, being disregarded or abandoned in some way occupied a lot of space in her mind. She had a lot of thoughts about what she could have possibly done wrong and how could she fix it. And in order to work on this, we had her focus on a recent memory. Something specific that she could really feel into. This is an important part of working with the MAP method because by focusing on a specific example, we focus the subconscious mind on precisely, you know, a precise target and some precise emotions as well because it is the emotions that we're asking the subconscious mind to follow in order to find the related or associated events. And so she focused on this particular memory of being rejected by her mother-in-law, she felt hurt and sad and shocked and angry. Pretty strong feelings. And as we worked with that memory, her subconscious mind started to show her some connections. There was another memory that felt the same way of being 16 and having a falling out with her own mother. And when we worked with that related memory, she started to have some sensations in her body. Remember, the subconscious mind speaks to us in different ways. And some people will experience different body sensations. And so Shelley was starting to feel kind of a tightness in her chest. And then we, you know, we continued in the session, finding connections and treating them. And when she returned for her next session, and I asked her how things were going with her mother-in-law, she reported, the issues with my mother-in-law don't bother me as much. And that felt very liberating for her, you know, to realize that her mother-in-law hadn't, who hadn't changed her behavior was still doing the same things, and yet Shelley could feel okay about herself. You know, she wasn't racked by thoughts of, you know, how, how can we, how do we stop this? How do we fix this? How do we repair this? Which was causing her a lot of stress. Now, I want to talk about another case. Let's call this client Hallie. Hallie was a teacher, and Hallie had a performance review at work. This was a fairly recent performance review. And as you know, teachers have had a pretty rough time during the COVID uh, pandemic. 
Teachers have been required to perform uh, many more tasks at a much higher level with new and unfamiliar tools, dealing with all kinds of disruptions to the school, to the classroom structure and to the school day. And Hallie, you know, Hallie was no different. You know, that was the situation she was facing. And she had to work really hard. But her performance review was excellent, right? So she, her hard work was recognized, uh, was rewarded by a good performance review. However, during the conversation that ensued with the administrator, in reflecting on that tough year and all of the challenges that she had to face, she made some comments, you know, about about what that was like, um, what that felt like as a teacher. And the administrator took that rather badly. The administrator felt attacked and attacked back. And so Hallie left her performance review feeling afraid for her job, even though her review had been very good. She, she felt very unsettled about the final exchanges with, the, with her school administrator. And that led to a lot of fear about her contract renewal. Fear to the point where it was starting to affect her motivation to even get up and go to work. And in the classroom, she found she'd lost a lot of the passion she once had for her job, which was sad because she was very, very good at what she did. As we talked about this situation, you know, she felt a lot of strong emotions like fear, anxiety, shock, hurt, being unwanted or not cared about. We treated the particular memory that started this whole cascade and the fears that she had. We also found that environmental triggers were important contributors to the way that she felt, to her emotional response each day as she entered the school building. And so we worked with some of the places and the people that were instrumental. We ended that session by reinforcing positive intentions around her purpose and her mission as a teacher because that was what was important for her. That is what she wanted to connect with again. And at the next session, she reported feeling a profound shift. She described it as the most profound shift she's ever had from any therapy she's ever tried. She reported that seeing the school administrator during the workday just stopped being a trigger for her. And she was able to feel the joy around being a teacher again, which was huge. It was huge for her. And now let's look at the case of Kate, a different situation. But I'm trying to give you kind of a variety of different situations. And 
and you know how how they affect the, each person and how we work with it um, using advanced neural retraining techniques. So Kate was in a pickle because she had to take care of her elderly, debilitated mother, who was very negative, very critical, and sounded to me sort of emotionally and verbally abusive. This was nothing new. This was a pattern that had been there since childhood. And in thinking about her most recent interaction with her mother, helping her in her caretaking role, Kate felt belittled and shamed, overwhelmed and powerless and resentful. And these emotions were pretty strong. So we treated that memory, that recent memory of helping her mother and all the criticism and verbal abuse that she was experiencing. And then other related memories from childhood were popping into her consciousness. And we treated those as well. Things that inspired a feeling of, you know, never being able to do things right, always needing to do better, try harder, feeling like an inconvenience in her own home, being a, a real inconvenience to her parents who were struggling financially, were struggling with having to take care of many other children. And she felt a tightness in her chest and a racing heartbeat during that round of instructions. A sensation that we worked with as well. The sensations often point us to other memories, beliefs, emotions, behaviors, you know, that need to be dealt with as well. We discovered that there were some environmental triggers that were exacerbating the emotional response as well, like the location and her mother's voice. We directed the subconscious mind to treat those as well, to neutralize the response to those environmental factors. And then we found another subject that felt the same, which had to do with her husband and conflicts over financial matters. Finally, we ended the session by reinforcing how she wanted to feel in the situations where she had to interact with her mother, you know, had to help her with the tasks of daily life how she wanted to feel. And she came up with some lovely intentions. Like, I give love freely, not out of obligation. I can speak up for my needs and feel good about it. And I only feel positive energy and emotions from those that I'm around. And we re reinforce those for her so that she would have more resources, you know, as she continued to take care of her mother. 
and her mother's deteriorating health. And when I spoke with Kate next, she reported feeling much less reactive around her mother and also much less reactive in dealing with her children, which was interesting because we hadn't been working with her children. But it seems that as we worked with some of the triggers around her interactions with her mother, it had a spillover effect to other relationships in her life, in this case, her kids. And so that was a very nice side benefit of doing that session. So I want to just sum up with some closing thoughts, right? So we heard about Scott and his rather, uh, is, you know, more complex situation. And we, we learned about how certain side issues around self-worth or around ethics, personal ethics, right, can complicate relationship issues. And we learned in Shelley's case how previous experiences can really exacerbate current relationship issues, right? So the the experience that she had with her own mother was starting to color and raise her anxiety around the way she was being treated by her mother-in-law. And when we could treat or neutralize the memories from the past, it made her current relationship much more bearable. In Hallie's case, we saw how underlying fears and environmental triggers could amplify the negative feelings she was having around her workplace and her job. And with Kate, we saw how even long-term, seemingly intractable issues could be resolved fairly quickly. I mean, in this case, it was one session. And so what I hope that you got out of these various client stories is that even though we can't change the other person, we can change our own reactions, our own emotional responses in pretty significant ways that can make the situation that we are dealing with much less triggering. I hope that you also saw that emotional responses have underlying causations that we are not, we may not be aware of with our conscious mind, and even in some cases where we are aware of them. You know, it's not, it, it, we can't effectively clear them until we engage the power of the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind knows the connections, even when we don't. And they start to show themselves through the course of a session. So that, you know, that's always very fascinating for people to be able to make those connections and for us to be able to clear those associations so that they can feel differently in their present life. And also we saw that, you know, Examining the role that you are playing in the interaction and consciously deciding how you would like to change that 
right, leads to us being able to reinforce new intentions, to foster a new response. The next time the same trigger plays again in our lives. And so, you know, if you've been inspired by these stories, if you if you see uh, the application in your own life to be able to quell a stress response that could be inhibiting your ability to heal or could be inhibiting your uh, ability to access some inner peace, you know, if you're inspired to give this a try, I recommend hopping over to our website and just scheduling a one-hour introductory session. So thanks for listening. And I hope you found this helpful. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about health applications of the MAP method of advanced neural retraining, visit our website, mindremapforhealth.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2022 by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benn.